Attorney Carlo Africa is the co-founder and executive director of Hirayan Kabataan, an NGO that specializes in increasing effective youth participation all over the Philippines. Af, as his friends like to call him, has a 20-year plan for his life that centers on the Philippines. In today's episode, he'll talk about the state of youth involvement in the Philippines, the state of politics and elections in the Philippines, and how laws in the Philippines both help and hamper the, polit- the political process. Uh, hey, Af, welcome to my podcast. Hey, Rami, thanks for having me here today. Yeah. Long time. Do you, long time, long time. <laughs> uh, do you mind introducing yourself very quickly for the benefit of our listeners? So, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Carla Africa, but my friends call me Af, because, of course, Af is short for Africa, my last name. Um, yun. So, I guess, quick introduction about myself. Um, what I tell people is that, you know, I, I'm one of the people who's going to change the Philippines, one of the people who believes in changing the world. Um, and, like, part of that is part of different development organizations, like such as Hirayan Kapatan and Lente. Um, but aside from that, I also tell myself, I also tell people na I'm a part-time lawyer, full-time um, advocate and development worker. Very cool, very cool, Af. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in these fields that you operate in now? Yeah, so Sukura mentioned like start show when I was when we when we were in you know law school. I was already volunteering for Lente at that time. Um Lente Legal Network for Tooth for Elections. And we would do Shampre 2016 elections. We would do voter education activities. So parang any rights as a voter, any rights as a poll watcher, any top election offenses parang ganon. So we would I, we went all over the Philippines going around different cities and municipalities just doing that for people. Tapos I remember this one particular area sa Infanta Quezon. Um, parang we were doing the same run. We were running the voter education activity. Tapos parang naalala ko there was this one person na parang he was wearing this red shirt. So sobrang nag, nag-stick sa mind ko. He raised his hand to ask a question. So we called up on him. Tapos sabi niya sa akin, and I will never forget this, I think. Sabi niya parang um, yung voter education po maganda yan. Pero sa totoo lang po wala siyang kwenta. Kasi if titingnan niyo naman yung balota, pare-pareho lang yung tumatakbo. Uh, so, syempre, like, na-shock ako, no? But, yun nga, so shocking na I'm still, I guess, thinking about it to, to this day. Tapos later on, when we got into, like, fourth year, we were supposed to do our thesis. I wanted to do a topic on elections. Tapos parang, I started looking into the data. Tapos tama yung sinabi ni Kuya. Parang, at that time, 81% of our governors come from political dynasties. 75% of our vice governors in House of Representatives, political dynasties. And I think 65% or 55% of our mayors, political dynasties. But yung nakatakot was yung governors and vice governors. Parang the people who won the position, 50% of, ay, the people who won the position, 50% of them, political dynasty versus political dynasty, or political dynasty versus no one. So parang, sobrang tama yung sinabi ni Kuya na, you know, pare-pareho lang nga yung tumatakbo. So sobrang next so parang me and my friends like from law school started talking tapos yun parang right after the bar actually the week after we took the bar nagmeeting na kami sa isang like room as we started talking about ano yung pwede natin gawin given the situation so inisip namin to start this NGO called Hirayang Kabataan goal namin is to develop young people all over the country in their own cities and municipalities to become the leaders in their community so that maybe one day sila yung pwede maging Councilor or mayor or governor in their 
provinces, no? And maybe hopefully, like, one day senator or president. But it's really more about building leaders in our communities. Kasi sasabi natin palagi, di ba? Parang kabataan yung future ng... ng the, the youth are the future. But we feel like kulang yung development and investment na binibigay natin in developing young leaders in our localities. So I guess, yun talaga nag-starting hirayang kabataan. Uh, well, let me let me just uh, before we before we dive into like the super nitty gritty of uh, you know hiraing uh, kabataan and what you guys do. I, one thing that kind of jumps out at me as being the important question to ask is, what do you think drew drew you into uh, this fascination with the political systems and the structures of power in the Philippines in the first place? Because it's 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 generally not very common to care about. Uh, the, the the cogs that exist in society you know what i mean like people yeah. understand that these are the way that things are and you know it, it's it's an entirely different thing to devote like mental energy and faculties towards the understanding and manipulation of those systems uh for me the first time i started being frustrated about like i guess government almost <laughs> i was i guess in high school or grade school like I live far away from my my school, so I studied in Ateneo in when I was in grade school, high school, and I live in Antipolo, so medyo malay and medyo traffic. So I just remember na being in the car and being just frustrated with all of this traffic. Na parang hindi ba this can be fixed? Like hindi ba there's sufficient there's an efficient way to do this? Parang ganon. So medyo dun nagstart, but I think nagdeepen siya from like in college. Um, we were I think the first time tayong nagmeet Rami actually in Asla, yung Ateneo Student Leaders Assembly. Yeah, parang, oh. parang nalalo ka about something with part of it is like finding out your purpose or like fleshing it out. And parang do naging clear for me yung purpose ko was parang to teach the world how to fish. So parang I wanted for for us to become, you know, a more sustainable and efficient system, we need to have, you know, a better government. So doon ko siya nakita na parang well, my belief kasi parang everyone has a purpose. And part of, you know, making sure everyone has a purpose is parang laki ng impact ng government doon eh. Like, it, government controls education, job creation, health. Kitang-kita natin in health and transportation. So, inisip ko, if you create a better government, you allow people the opportunity to find their purpose and mm-hmm. allow them to, you know, fulfill that purpose for them. Parang ganun. Well, I will disagree with one thing. I, I think uh, that uh, the government is not responsible ultimately for making jobs. So, uh, but the the vast majority of everything you said, uh, I agree with. So, how how is Hirayan Kabataan going? Right, like how how is the operations of your NGO uh, as it stands currently, considering so, especially the fact that we're in this pandemic, no? Yeah. So we've had to shift towards. So we, so what we do actually must must kami because si Hiraya, we call it Hiraya short. Hiraya means ano pala? Dream or vision. So Hiraya kapatan means vision of the youth or dream of the youth. Parang ganun. Sorry, like magat sa akin yung comms people namin. <laughs> um, but so, like, so medyo mahirap kami kasi we're focused actually in areas outside of NCR. So we've had like 10 to 12 different areas in the Philippines before. Now we would go to these areas and deliver training programs every weekend. Um, so, mayo mahirap for us, because all of that was in person, and all of our activities were, uh, all of our training sessions were activities. Hindi kami ma lecture, hindi kami ma speaker, parang ganon. So, like because of the pandemic, we had to shift to online, to an online setting. Um, but yung naging learnings namin is we've shifted towards more of a mentoring session, mentoring coaching, rather than having one-time, big-time activities, no. So, parang yun naging at least shift namin. 
Um, but right now, actually, we're we have two projects right now. Actually, isa is we call it Project Sulo or supporting local. Um, this is actually in partnership with the USAID and the Asia Foundation. Um, in target namin dito ay local youth development councils, which is usually composed of our SK or Sagunang Kabataan Federation presidents, um, with youth organizations na part ng local youth development council. And gusto namin magcreate. We're creating a white paper, so it's research on how we can develop training to help them develop inclusive and responsive local youth development plans. So may mga items kasi tayo, meron tayong, meron tayong framework sa law natin that allows young people to be part of the policy-making process sa localities natin. Pero hindi kasi siya nagagamit in a um, very efficient and responsive way. So parang isip namin, how can we you know, further this framework for young people? Um, aside from that, we have a project actually. Um, project ito. We, this, ito naman, we call it Activated Bangsamoro. So Activated means activate uh, training on elections and democracy for Bangsamoro. Parang ganun siya. Um, ito naman in partnership to with Lente, Legal Network for Elections, and the UK Embassy. Um, ito naman, it's uh, from the name, it's a training for civil society organizations on three things. Difference between the ARMM system and the Bangsamoro system. The new parliamentary system of BARM and yung process of elections nila. And how can citizens engage within the new governmental framework? So nag-develop kami ng, here I was tapped to develop a training program um, that incorporates those three learning objectives. So parang right now, we're actually in the, in the kakatapos na ng second run namin. Actually, ito in-person training to, but hindi ako nakapunta sa, um, sa ground because of COVID. But um, we just finished a Kotobato leg and a Basinan leg. Tapos we're having a Sulu training, a Tawi-Tawi training, and a Lanao training within the next, within before the year ends. So parang yun yung isang project namin right now. So so definitely one of the takeaways is that you're crazy busy right now. <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> election, so people, you know, really want to do something. Uh, does your does your training as a lawyer assist with that? Mm, well, it helps, na, Well, in in both cases, I think having knowledge of the law allows me to um enter like read frameworks. So, for example, itong uh, yung project sulo namin, um, I'm able to siguro, read the SK reform law, the manual na meron si, si NYC on how it happens. And so having that siguro, training helps me understand the framework and helps me you know, better create training modules. Same with sa Bangsamoro, having knowledge of the Bangsamoro organic law. And actually right now, yung role ko sa Lente kasi I'm the policy consultant, I helped draft the um, Bangsamoro electoral code in BARM. So nakatulong siya for sure. Uh, but in training itself, the very meat of it, train, create, creating of a training program, like it, I always tell people, you don't have to be a lawyer to do it. You don't have to be a lawyer to you know, start your NGO. Kaya sabi ko, part-time lawyer lang talaga ako. Full-time <laughs> dev worker talaga. Oh. So, well, let, let, let's dive a bit into the meat and potatoes of what Hirayang Kabataan does now. Uh, maybe let's begin with the premise, right? What is the state, in your opinion, generally of youth involvement in the Philippines? So I guess the, the question here is, what does involvement mean? No? Because yeah. I think there are levels to this. Eh? So parang if the question is, do you have people who care? Do you have young people who care enough to vote? I think the answer is yes. I think overwhelmingly, may mga surveys ako nababasa na a lot of young people are willing to vote and they want to vote. 
But siguro if you level up the level of involvement from ju- uh, in voting to like I guess campaigning for a specific candidate, bumbaba yung level of involvement ng young people. And if you level it up again from campaigning for a specific candidate to joining, for example, a political party or political entity, parang ganun. Bababa siya na bababa. Until umabot ka sa willing ka ba ikaw mismo tumakbo? Like, file a COC for the SK, for example, or for, like, mayor. Kasi technically, young people can actually run for mayor already. Like, all, like sobrang baba ng number of young people interested in running. And actually, makita natin to sa SK elections in 2018. There were 105 barangays all over the Philippines na zero people ran for, like, any position and over 10,000 na kulang yung tumakbo. So so kita mo na people are may stigma talaga from young people from being like involved in a political aspect. However, like that's that's I think the topmost level. But yung siguro level of voting and I guess level of supporting a candidate, I think it, we're, we're mas strong tayo. I think we may strong involvement from young people. But ako, to be honest, I'm not satisfied or I think we shouldn't stop with hoping young people will vote. I think yung goal talaga natin is getting more people involved in politics talaga and like making this country a better place directly through government. Uh, wait, one one really quick question though, um, because the SK has come up multiple times and this is essentially the way by which we introduce young people and potential future leaders to the political system. Weirdly enough, my secretary who I hired was like came to me the other week and she was talking to me about like uh, running for SK in her area, which I was like, okay, if you Go think you it. could do <laughs> yeah, if you think you could win, yeah, sure. And uh, with that, that impressed me. That 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 showed me like a really good uh, impression of her, a good side of her. Uh, but is it one? Is it one of the? Is it a good way to elicit youth participation, in your opinion, or are there better ways? I think it's a good way. Um, for one, we, well, the law actually we have an anti-political dynasty provision, say SK reform law. So <laughs> um, you don't, that in itself, Siguro gives more people room to maneuver when it comes to SK. And in this, because you know, like mistake, talaga with politics. So. I'm not saying uh, it's the only way, but I think actually it's it's a really good way because you know involved ka with government, involved ka with actually you know um, passing resolutions as a young person and creating projects na may budget as a young person, and so it's it I think it's a good starting point for young people into becoming leaders in whatever field. Kaya if maging SK ka, pwede ka naman maging lawyer afterwards, pwede ka maging um, like business owner afterwards or mayor afterwards. So I think just the experience, sobrang enriching siya just because grabe yung ano eh, grabe yung stakes. Pero gets ko rin why people are siguro worried. Like I think they can find the same experience in you know, leading your own school or um, leading your own um, siguro group or group of friends in a project, parang ganun. But yung stakes talaga iba because you know, elect- elected official ka and you may opportunity to have a, a, an actual budget. But of course, part of it is you deal with politics. And napopolitika rin yung SK. Siyempre, if ayaw, kunyari, if hindi ka magusto yung mayor mo, mahirap ka mag, you know, mahirap mag to do anything. But part of it is also being able, learning how to navigate that. Okay, something, that's, I think, something we have to learn as well. Eh, na parang, okay, if it's in politics sa locality natin, how can we actually, you know, get funding for our own projects na kailangan ng kabataan natin? So if people ask me, like, how do you go, like, what does going to the ground mean? How, what does listening to people mean? 
I think you know being part of SK is a good opportunity because you're forced like being in a public office forces you to actually talk to people, learn their insights and stuff and maganda siyang opportunity to you know grow into a better leader talaga. Medyo medyo consti one question to. Nagfa-file ba ng SALN yung mga SK? <laughs> actually, the, I think so. I think they're supposed to because public officials na. <laughs> I think they're supposed to. <laughs> Kawawa naman kapag kinasuhan ka ng ombudsman. Eh, no? Tapos SK yung position na hawak <laughs> yung, yung SK though, so ito yung thing. Yung SK chairperson lang yung may sweldo. So everyone else, wala silang sweldo. So there, people ra- run because they just want to. Although may bill tayo right now in Senate, I think, that gives sweldo to all SK chairperson, S- all SK members. But right now, kasi SK chairperson lang yung may sweldo. Kasi uh, he or she sits ex-officio as a barangay ano counselor. So ganun siya lumalabas. Kaya siya nagkakaroon ng sweldo. But if hindi sila SK chair, wala silang sweldo. Okay, but no, that, that's that's cute though. I like it. Um, <laughs> so at least uh, insofar as uh, your involvement with the SK and local politics, of course, you come in with your own. I, w- I won't say political color, but you know we have to dignify at least by saying to the extent that you have your own perspective on the way that politics is conducted in the Philippines. So how do you balance the responsibility of understanding that you have to impart what is essentially an impartial paradigm to these impressionable young minds that trust you to educate them in the ways of politics, while at the same time coming in understanding that you are very much biased? And I think I think that's true of anyone, right, who yeah. has any opinion about politics. So, so what we do actually, we have core values. Um, so all of our training programs don't talaga umiikot. Um, core values namin is we believe leaders should seek to understand, choose to respond, and act towards positive change. So in part of seeking to understand, very important yung self-understanding, lalo na for young people, no, like self-reflection. But part of that is also, you know, asking people around, like looking and scanning your environment, looking like, ano yung mga kailangan talaga ng taong bayan, parang ganun. So, siguro having these core values makes it easier for us to let go for biases. Because it's really, you know, given the opportunity for young people to like fi- find their own choice, no? or find their own. Like, ikaw magsik to understand, di namin sabihin sa'yo ano, if tama yung, at least yung tinitingnan mo or not. Kasi part of it is, you have to talk to your constituents as well. Um, but I think that helps. However, siguro yung nga, yung mahirap siguro bitawan is, for example, outside of the training. Because, syempre, you build relationships with the young people. Na-add namin sila sa Facebook kasi mas accessible, mas madali mag-usap through Facebook Messenger. And, you know, sometimes you would share posts online um, like, na lumalabas yung political bias mo, political leanings mo. Um, but kami, we don't engage them. Like, we have our own private, siguro, beliefs. Hindi namin sila pinap- pinapabayaan namin sa, with their own private beliefs. However, here and there, sometimes sigalike ako ng ibang post ng mga, um, mga participants namin na, okay, I think aligned kami sa political leaning na to, parang ganun. But part of it is, go, babalik kami sa core values. Eh. Parang yung call on namin for young people is seek to understand. Bakit ba ito yung, bakit, bakit ito yung thinking mo? Ano, ano yung problema natin try niya isolve? Ano yung solutions na kailangan natin to solve these problems? So like that's one thing that we want to really instill. And we emphasize on that actually. As in, we ask our participants to go around and consult with their community. So parang the interview their the people around them their families their friends and just their constituents so actually because i'm a professor of law mm-hmm. 
right? And it's so funny. Of course, it doesn't compare because yours is very impressionable young people. So the responsibility that you've taken on is arguably of a higher degree of diligence, as we like to say in the law. Uh, whereas I, you know, I, I meet people, they're adults now. And there was this one time I was in a rally for a particular political candidate uh, who I support, who I support. Okay. And then uh, like one of my students was there and he's like, sir, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> took, took a picture. And then and then after the picture was taken, she said, I'm sending it to the class. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 baka, baka group chat na wala ka. <laughs> If there's a group chat between with the professors and the students, that's not the students' group chat. You know what I mean? True, true. <laughs> <laughs> yung, yung group chat then very respectful. Yes, sir. Good, good morning, sir. <laughs> Pero, gets go, gets go. But I, I guess that's part of it. No? So parang yeah, very impressionable nga yung mga participants namin kasi they're a bit younger. So, senior high school, junior high school, tapos SK, 18 to 24 years old. But so I guess part of it is, ang sasabi kasi these are core values na we believe are important. And kami, kami rin as trainers, we, like, we try to instill those, like, we believe in those core values as well. So, parang inisip namin, if siguro, makita nyo na this our political leaning, gets yung bakit yun yung core value na yun. Like, gets yung bakit yun yung gusto naming political leaning? Because, Kami mismo nag-seek to understand kami as individuals. So I think that's the impression siguro na pinalagay namin, but never, never direct. Hindi naman sabihin na mali yung kandidato na sinusuporta mo. Like, hindi kami ganun naman. Except, of course, if they're voting for... Quiet talaga ako, quiet. Joke lang. So, uh, and I think we're being a bit unfair now if we if we lay everything at the feet of young people, right? Because it's it, it's kind of they exist within the confines of the system which they were born into. Sure. So I, I guess my next question is like, what do you feel is the state and quality of engagement of um, the general population now? Like so, like not just young people, but like yung makaedad natin and older. <laughs> um, I think. People our age uh, have, like, to be honest, mixed shade. Like, well, because of COVID, a lot more people are seguro into doing something because I think, like, they're personally affected. So, like, if you're personally affected by something, you are inspired to act. And I think a lot of people are age, and a lot of people older, like, they feel like they're personally affected. So, I think because of that, may outpouring of siguro involvement from older people. Uh, but I think, yung nga, if yung young people natin medyo hindi pa pumunta sa level of um, like pag-campaign, pagsali ng political groups, I think people our age are more prepared to do that. But if you go one step higher again, like in terms of running for political positions, like wala rin eh. Wala rin from our age. Wala rin from people older than us. Kasi I think medyo may sense of may political stigma pa rin even with people are age and people older than us. So, I think that's it. So, parang, ako talaga, the, the state of political involvement in our country, you mentioned nakatakot because, you know, people don't like running for, like, running for political positions, no? But, I think, maganda lang nakita natin for this election kasi, mas maraming people involved. I think, you've seen a lot more people doing their own, like, creating their own groups, creating their own campaigns, parang ganun. And nakita namin to nung start of COVID, so last year, we started this thing called Help From Home. 
Um, so it was an online, we created a website wherein people can actually see ano yung supply, meaning ano yung parang um, initiatives ang ginagawa ng different, yung, different people all over the Philippines. And then demand, ano yung kailangan ng mga hospitals natin and barangays, uh, the poorest barangays in Metro Manila, parang ganun. Tapos in, in, napansin namin, the people doing initiatives, a lot of them are young people. A lot of them are people our age. Tapos gumawa lang sila because they feel like there's a need for us to do something. So I think that gives me hope that people our age are actually, you know, able and willing to actually do something about the ills that we see <laughs> from our country. Um, well, actually, it's, it's, to your point, like I actually see some of what it is you're referring to. So this is a really funny story because I believe, and I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe my girlfriend's mom uh, has never volunteered for a political campaign. Sorry, Tita, if I'm wrong, but to the best <laughs> of my knowledge, she she has never volunteered for a political campaign. But here she is, like, at however old she is, because you're not supposed to reveal a woman's age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she And she's just volunteering. Like, you know, like, I'll be the treasurer. Like, I'll be, I'll be in charge of the funds. And, like, you ask her, like, how do you intend to do this? Like, I'm a business person. But as for, like... Uh, like exactly what being a volunteer for a campaign like and especially one as decentralized as the one she's volunteering for she's volunteering for Lenny Robredo and it's it's there's very little direction for it comes on high because that campaign is underfunded uh you know like she's learning on the fly and she's like putting herself through the ringer at uh at the age she's at even though uh you know like she's never had like uh, uh let's say a major political p- participation before that and you see that across the spectrum here and it seems like i think now and tell me if you disagree that there's kind of like a awakening that's happening across the philippines that yeah actually we can affect the way our political system works uh, so so girl, I'll, i'll disagree a bit um, i think there are the people there are people now na nagkaroon ng political awakening there are people now who have never done this thing uh, before But I think in 2016, um, nakita ko swell of people um, just, you know, like printing their own shirts, um, printing their own tarps, fundraising their own way to support, you know, a particular presidential candidate that we had. Actually, yung after 2016, um, it was, you know, syempre may mga political leanings rin, pero pansin kasi namin sa mga, I, I was still part of Lent at that time. Like parang sinasabi namin na parang, feeling namin yung winning candidate natin didn't even have to buy votes. Just because grabe yung swell of infreverence of people supporting this person. So, and, you know, like, nakita ko rin, all over the country, people were very, um, siguro, very, very, in-idolizing na because they felt like he was the change. So, parang nakita ko siya in 2016 <laughs> as I was going around all over the country. You know, there's a, There, people were doing almost the same thing na nakikita natin now. However, I think the people who are doing stuff now, they are, they have not, I don't think they've done this before. There are a lot of people right now um, from different age brackets, from across the spectrum, na first time nila mag-join into a political entity on their own. But hindi siya, I don't think it's something new. Parang I think nakita rin natin sa 2016. And grabe rin actually yung, yeah, well, Nanalo, nanalo yung this particular candidate that we're talking about. So parang grabe <laughs> We can say his name. He's a public figure. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, it's yeah. like parang Voldemort. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, yung reading namin, no? so, parang people really wanted Duterte. It's actually, medyo weird. Parang may one time, I, I went to this 
nag-vote education ako sa isang high school. Tapos parang sabi ko lang, ito yung type of, ito yung characteristics of a good leader that we want. Someone na, you know, ayaw corruption, na para sa tao, makikinig sa tao. Tapos grabe, the, the, these kids started chanting, do, terte, do. As in, like in the middle of me speaking in front of them for vote education. So kailangan ko remind sa kanila na we're non-partisan here. No? So, but yun nga, this is, there was this well talaga. It was also a movement back in 2016. And it was, I think, from my experience, malakas siya from, like, I think it's a different class of people from, like, the people that we see right now. Um, but one thing is for sure, though, having more people politically involved is a good thing. Like, y- yung, yung mom ni, ni ng girlfriend mo, um, I think the fact na this might be her first time, if not, I'm sorry, Rin, it's a, it's a good thing kasi may political awakening. So if you get more and more people awakened, more and more people involved, I think mas magiging true or mas genuine yung democracy natin. Uh, so like this this comes from a very biased perspective and this is the question that I don't know it's like um uh there's this old adage na whenever the new uh warlord takes over uh the first people he discards are the militia kasi sila yung walang skills for you know the task of governance right uh like there is a groundswell of support for a particular candidate we don't we still don't know who's going to win in the 2022 elections but uh eventually um the political power will consolidate around like a few decision makers like uh, i think that's that's very well aware that that's the way it works uh my personal experience with trying to interface with those structures of power is one that's very difficult right uh how can we reconcile uh you know this this general statement that uh democracy and public participation is really the way towards more inclusive governance when in fact the knobs of power and the knobs of policy are really consolidated in the hands of very few people in our system right and that uh, and I, i can give you an example if you'd like or you can comment from there go yeah of course yeah so uh There, like, say, for example, right, like in matters of public policy, right, you have some very specific think tanks like Makati Business Club, which is traditionally associated with the Ayalas, the Foundation for Economic Freedom, which is associated with the Aboitises, uh, the Philippine Chamber of Commerce, which for a very long time has been helmed by the same people. Uh, you know, real civic engagement is limited to like very few enclaves and this is outside of like the campaign period right so how can we say right and this is this is just in the realm of business it can be different in other areas this is just the one that i have the most experience with and can speak with the most confidence on right how can we say to young people that yes you know there is effective public participation in what you're doing but later on when you know the task of governance actually comes about right like they might have a hard time actually influencing policy after their chosen political candidate might have won actually so parang yung political reading in with like businesses is that like for example like there was this issue in Comelec na parang na award yung logistics arm ng Comelec with Dennis Uy na like the rumored friend of our current president na parang ganun. actually yung yung political analysis namin doon if you look at all of the bidders almost lahat sila merong like sort of influence with specific candidates because actually if you think about it like hindi, hindi ako magugulat if you look at 
the actual statement of contributions and expenditures ng ating candidates if they're going to be fully honest. I won't be surprised if all all businesses donate to all political parties, all candidates. Like, hindi ko magugulat just because, you know, if you're a business person, like, you want to be safe. Like, you you put in, like, you put some, you donate some money with a political candidate just in case this person wins, no? But part of that is also, kaya may important to start early, important to start the, 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 the swelling of support. Because as surveys gets, like, as we get more and more surveys, um, like, mas likely magdo-donate yung bigger businesses if mas malaki, likely yung mananalo yung candidate. So that, that's why this December survey is so important. Because if makita natin may overwhelming favorite at this time, you might discourage some of the donors to donate to other candidates. And that's why future surveys will be important because yun nga eh, um, the less viable you become at winning, the less likely businesses siguro will donate to you. So siguro, what, ano yung role natin as, as like a citizens? So part of that if, is, you know, getting, convincing more people early on to start, start supporting your candidates. Because, I mean, I think there's a lot of mistrust with our surveys, but it's been accurate. Eh? Parang over the course of the, our past president, uh, our past senatorial or past elections, it's a good predictor of who's gonna win for, like, who's gonna win the position. So, and supposedly may safeguards tie in place on methodology to make sure na accurate nga yung, yung lumalabas na results ng surveys. Kasi malakas nga siya sa pag-convince ng people. But even so, kaya important yung nangyari now, important yung nangyari conversion now, because if you convert a lot more people now, maybe you get, you know, ma-convince ma- mo yung some of our businesses to donate to some of our political candidates. So yun nga, I think si political candidate, I see businesses, I think they all have a horse in the race. I, they will, like, wala silang specific horse. Ito lang yung horses sa support ko. Think ko actually, as the cynic in me thinks na, they donate to everyone. It's just a matter of how much you donate based on how likely the person is going to win. Mm. Let me ask a question that is is inherently in unfair. Like it's inherently misleading, <laughs> just okay. like we learned in evidence. Um, you are someone who has a very intimate knowledge of the law and also a very intimate knowledge of, you know, uh, how like impartial advocacy where you advocate on behalf of the system. But if you had to, right, and I'm asking you to choose, uh, what are some of the ways that our system is broken or does not, is is pre- is preventing itself from fully encapsulating the will of the people. Mm, well, top of mind, to be honest, like the anti-political dynasty provision seems like a good starting point. Um, not because like all I believe not 100% of political dynasties are bad. I don't like think there are some political dynasties that are good, but what is bad is lack of choice. If walang choice ng taong bayan, ano yung point ng elections? Babalik ako sa sinabi ni Kuya na walang kwenta yung voter education. If lang ito so that's one. I think it's hard because Congress should define it. Um, but you know, you know, maybe pandemic people's initiative to pass the anti-political dynasty provision. Um, that's one. So, but other than that, I think we have we need stronger political parties um, in the country. So part of that is strengthening um, political parties, giving them more funding. So for example, people blame like a raming vitriol or maraming galit sa substitution law natin. But actually, the mm. rule na to, it's it was designed to create stronger political parties, because the thinking here is you're not voting for the candidate, you're voting for the political party, and you vote for the political party because it's the stand of the political party. 
So okay lang magkaroon ng substitution because whoever uupo dyan, okay lang. Basta same strong political party siya. So, kaya, ang, uh, kaya hindi siya effective for us kasi ang hina ng political parties natin. Eh. Like, I don't even, like, I don't even know all political parties. Sino yung, what do they stand for? Anong principles? I'm not sure. I, I know, like, I have an intimate siguro relationship with elections and I don't know. I'm not sure if the ordinary person would know. Okay, itong political party na to stands for these principles. Itong political party stands for these principles. So people don't know. So if you have stronger political parties, um, less personality politics, more issue-based politics. And I think mas magiging, you know, feeling ko stronger yung, like, mas magiging richer in democracy natin because, you know, people vote for issues rather than people. I mean, rather than personalities. <laughs> Wait, wait. Uh, let let me share an anecdote. I had like a, because I'm from Cebu, and uh, I guess I'm blessed in that way where I'm a lawyer in Cebu, and it's still enough of a phenomenon here that if you're found to be a lawyer in Cebu, you're you're asked to comment, you're asked to assist on political initiatives, and so I I literally I have a friend of mine who's uh, not naman a friend, but you know we're 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 good, right? I, I won't I won't claim that we're particularly uh, we have a particularly strong relationship, but he is a high-ranking official in a political party. And I saw him at the deadline of the filing of certificates of candidacy. His phone was blowing up. <laughs> like, he was... he. It was just like... It was just politicians from wherever. They were just asking if they could file a certificate of candidacy under... Like, he's probably never met these people or if he's met them, he's only met them once before. Yung ganong levels. Wala talagang... Uh, affiliation, walang connection when it comes to principles. It's really just, hey, pare, I really need to write a name on the, the field dun sa application form. Pwede ba kayo yung ilagay ko? <laughs> so, sikat lang talaga siya pag election time, pag, pag submission of COC. Siguro like two years ago, like hindi siguro ganun kawild yung tumatawag sa kanya. <laughs> No, but it was, it was it was such a surreal experience because I was like, oh wow, like if there's a structural problem in like our system, like that's probably a really big one. Uh, but we touched on it now with this whole brouhaha with uh, the elections and like I like w- w- the elections haven't formally started because it's not the campaign period yet. Uh, but uh, what is your opinion of the conduct of the elections so far? Well, you know, I think people are spending a lot right now. I think they're spending so much right now compared to. I think potentially they will spend more now than during the. Wait, sorry, I need to pee. I need to pee right now. Sorry. Wait, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll, I'll cut long. I'll cut long. Yeah, no worries. You should. You should have just said sorry. I, I I forgot to brief you for that. Um, I can cut at any time. I'm okay. Used okay. To this. Sorry. 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 <laughs> you were doing so well. I didn't feel the need to tell you. Sorry, na para para hindi ka di kaya. Okay, so uh, yeah. the the last question was so we've already we've we've already kind of touched on it right this whole substitution brouhaha thing. So what do you think is uh, how do you think the conduct of elections is going so far? So I think right now you know people are spending already. Dami natin naki oh I'm on YouTube all the time. Nakita ko na yung number of people like with ads on YouTube. But you know when when I support someone like for example the ice. I see an ad of someone I support. I just can skip ad ko para hindi yun, like supposedly sabi ng friends ko kasi hindi yun, they won't, they won't pay for it if you skip ad. If you watch the whole thing, you'll pay for it. Parang ganun. Oh, sige, skip ko kasi sayang yung pera nila sa akin kasi kuha naman na nila boto ko. Parang ganun. So, I don't know. But, so you know, people are already spending. Um, and the pansin mo, 
Um, right now, kasi actually negotiation stage pa to eh. Um, conversion usually happens historically February, February March pag yun yung like conversion of votes parang ganon. But eto negotiation stage to na mga mayors and um in part of it is si mga barangay captain. So like siguro we we haven't seen full blown na um promotions pa right now. Because I think what other candidates are doing is they're spending time. The, the primary people they're talking to right now are the mayors. Mga candidates for mayors. Because when you talk about machinery, yun yung mga barangay captain natin actually. Um, sila yung nag-door-to-door, sila yung nag-vote buying, nag-convince ng people na this is the right candidate to vote for. And usually mga barangay captains natin, how can a mayor? So like I have this, I have friends na campaigners and your first step talaga is really mapping out your network for, of barangays. So I think that's what's happening right now. A lot of a lot of people are going around talking to different mayor, mayoral, mayoral candidates and local government candidates because they want the machinery for the elections. Um, so at least yung siguro hindi nakikita ng, ng, ng some people. But yun yung nangyayari right now. Like they're, they're you know, convincing mayors to support me so that yung tao na mayor, down to the barangay captain, sila yung magkasabi na, these are the people we're going to vote for in May 2022. Parang ganun. So that's something you don't see. But what do you see nga is yung mga ads. And I think because right now, maraming gray area, because hindi pa nga sila candidates, according to yung loophole natin sa law, um, you see a lot more people being, siguro, inventive with how they promote themselves. Some people have raffles. Some people have, you know, Ryan silang parang video tapos yung pipili sila ng isang viewer or subscriber na makuha ng 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 gift no parang ganun. So is it vote buying? I'm not sure. Gray area kasi. I mean, technically right now for sure hindi kasi hindi pa sila candidate, di ba? Parang ganun. But you know, you, you see a lot more people being brazen because hindi nga sila candidates right now. Pag Feb siguro less na yon and really more more focused na yung ads nila. But by then kasi important lang to, you know, have a strong hold on your mayors, a strong hold on your um, barangay captains or your political machinery. Well, uh, this that's the thing that I wanted to talk to you about because actually I had this conversation in 2016 shortly before Duterte ran and won the presidency. It was, I was talking with a friend of mine who, I'm not sure if he was mayor or vice mayor at the time, uh, but he was mayor of a particular town and he told me like, you know, Duterte is going to lose because he doesn't have machinery. Right, like uh, our guy has machinery. He was referring to at the time Marrojas, and uh, you know the fact that I mentioned the third and Marrojas in the same sentence <laughs> makes it very obvious why I will not say my friend's name because I would like him to live a long life, yeah. right? Um, and Duterte still won. So I look at that uh, phenomenon that happened in my own life and can't help but wonder, like, if. You know this thing that we call traditional politics, the way that politics is traditionally done, vote buying, uh, machinery, the mobilization by these barangay captains, which is which is the which is the way this is the order of the day in the Philippines insofar as politics is concerned. If that's not somehow losing some of its hold or some of its uh, mystique over the populace, uh, what do you think? For because I see Duterte, very special candidate because of populism type of like populist che. Karen, it is sabi ko na parang yun, there was this groundswell of people now who just believed in the man just because they felt like he is me. Like he, he gets like my problems, he gets who I am. 
And because of this groundswell, yun nga, like, tingin namin, hindi niya kailangan mag-vote buying. Hindi, hindi niya kinailangan mag-vote buying yung 2016. Actually, parang, it might run counter to his image. Kasi image niya at that time, like, I don't like political dynasties. I don't like, like, corruption, di ba? Yun yung very strong image niya. And like, of course, yung drugs part. So, because of that, feeling nga namin, like, at least at the start, hindi niya kailangan to have that strong machine just because people were saying na, okay, I believe in this person. But, feeling ko rin, um, based on like what I've heard, sobrang lakas talaga ni, ni Duterte sa mayors in Davao in Davo area Mindanao and Visayas. Um, because part of that time, there was this thinking na imperialist Manila, just because they felt like they, we didn't get enough budget um, as an LGU. So, tingin natin if baka itong uh, mandana suling, di ba lumaki yung budget ng LGUs natin, baka they might think na, okay, stronger LGUs tayo parang yun. But yun nga, like part of that is, they just, it's dumataas na tumataas si President sa surveys eh, si Duterte at that time. So like when people saw that, okay, people started saying na, I I hitched my wagon to the winning horse, parang ganun. And at that time, it it was, he was becoming stronger. People were starting, you know, lumalabas so many people did, it's like buying their own shirts or printing their own shirts, donating their own money. So people felt like, okay, this is the candidate who's going to, that, who's, that we want to support as well. Because at the end of the day, gusto natin allied tayo sa winning president sa, um, when the president sits, no? Gusto natin allied natin siya para hindi tayo kawawa, parang ganun. So that's one thing. Pero I think just because of 2019 and even right now, 2022, grabe pa rin yung importance of barangay captains. Um, just because silim actually silim primary um like hindi lang sila yung forefront or frontliners when it comes to political machinery sila yung forefront or prime like frontliners sa uh, information eh. so we talk about you know social media being like such an important information gateway and that's true no like i think 80% of the population primary um tool nila to get news is social media but they don't trust social media as much i think hindi siya sa number one. I think third siya in terms of like what they trust when it comes to news and information. What people, who people trust are family members. And at the end of the day, family members um, get their influence or get their information from barangay captains. Kasi at the locality, um, the people they talk to every day are the barangay captains. Sila yung bibigay ng chismis. Sila nagsabi na itong, eh, hindi okay yung kandidato na yan kasi makapalmukha nyo, mayabang yan, parang ganun. So that influences your family, the family members, and that influences the specific voters. So I think yung ay, this is nakikita as front lines of information, but they are also at the front lines of information. Uh, but I think they still have a big role to play. I think in 2016 lang, grabi lang talaga yung naging um, kaya populist ano talaga, candidate si Duterte at that time. I'm not sure. I think 2019 nakita natin na, you know, political machines still played the big part. Um, I think 2022 makita pa rin natin na it will still play a big part. Well, you alluded to it very quickly uh, before, but perhaps it would be best for the listeners because I think it's something that's really important to understand. You and I spoke, you said loophole when it comes to the position of candidates and vis-a-vis the election period. And you and I immediately understood each other. <laughs> but not everyone who listens will be a lawyer. So do you mind explaining that loophole? Yeah, so there, there was this law that passed. No, um, Actually, it is shifting our electoral system from a manual elections to an automated elections. Tapos yung isang provision sa law na yun, sinabi doon na parang our candidates will only be considered candidates pag start ng campaign period. So yun yung sabi. Like yun yung 
nakalagay sa specific provision of law. Tapos there was the Supreme Court case, Peñera versus Comelec, na yung case na yun was actually whether may premature campaigning. So you had candidates already campaigning before the campaign period. And at that time, premature campaigning was an, electoral, uh, was an election offense. But yung Supreme Court sa, sabi, sa atin um, na based on the new law, yung automated election, yung pag-shift pag status sa automated election system, um, na if they look at the deliberations, sabi nga doon yung specific provision saying na you're only ca- a candidate pag-start ng campaign period applies to election offenses. So parang in essence, tinanggal talaga nila yung um, premature campaigning. So right now, premature, there's no such thing as premature campaigning is legal in the Philippines. And I think it can be a basis for general election offenses na, you know, I'm not a candidate because hindi pa nag-start yung campaign period. Because based on our law right now, magiging kandidato lang ako pag campaign period na. So medyo frustrating just because, you know, like, yung nga, natanggal yung premature campaigning. And the reason why we want a premature campaigning provision or make, to make it unlawful is because we want to open the field for different different people. Magastos yung elections, di ba? So if you allow people to campaign beforehand, you give me upper may advantage you got or may upper hand for richer people, richer candidates, people with more money because they can spend, they can technically buy or they can like you know buy quote unquote buy the election. So you that's why you want to have um that's why you don't want to have premature campaigning when it comes to elections. And I, this is where I'm a bit weaker on the subject because, uh, sorry, Attorney Agra, I, I swear <laughs> I studied hard then. It's, it's been a few years. Uh, um, is there is a spending cap? I believe it's like yep. 0.7 centavos so, per person um, or something. <laughs> it's 10 pesos actually for candidates for president and vice president. That was 5 pesos for um, like general candidates as a whole. Per, so per person. Per, vo- per voter, per registered voter. So I think we have 62.3 million registered voters. So they can spend up to 623 uh, million pesos yung, yung campaign yeah. limit natin. And so the ads you see now, hindi kasama sa bilang yun. Hindi right? yun kasama sa bilang yun. But oh, so this is where like lawyers and advocates can actually step in because sinabi lang naman premature campaigning sa Pinera versus Comelec. Wala sinabi on campaign limits, campaign spending limits. So if you have advocates who will file a case with Comelec saying na like, this is campaign spending. They're actually campaigning already. Baka lumosot, you know, as an advocate. But ako rin, medyo doubtful ako doon. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. Like, as as long as the, like, the, the laws are being drafted by politicians for politicians. You know what I mean? And uh, that's one of the things that was always really weird. Like, we, we studied that one Supreme Court case. I forgot the name. Sorry, Candelaria. It's been five years. Uh, you know, it, it, there's that one Supreme Court case where there was a distinction in the law with regard to uh, those that are elected officials and inelected officials. So if you're not elected, you're deemed resigned the moment you find your certificate of candidacy, as opposed to elected officials who, you know, file lang ng file. I mean, we see it now, diba? Duterte True. filed for senator. Senate, yeah. And and you know, he's still he's still the sitting president, and he's cam- in in a, in a month or two, he will be campaigning for the position of senator <laughs> so that he can do all these wonderful things for our system that he didn't he didn't get a chance to while he was president. No. Yeah, <laughs> after promising six months, no, hindi pala six months. <laughs> 12, 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> nako, nako. Pero, uh, 
I think we've been teasing the audience a little bit. And if you don't, if you don't want to answer, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But who, who do you feel is the candidate that uh, embodies your values, like in the current election? Um, well, to be honest, actually, the number one candidate that I feel like long shot person. Um, I, I'm not sure if you heard of him, si Caliodi. Yeah, of Caliodi course. So, ako, like, I just like the fact that he's someone different. He's someone na you know, it is ordinary Filipino like actually like manggagawa talaga siya you know like um like oh kasi I see the problem with the country na pare-pareho yung political elite people who have long standing political histories may pangalan sila may, may, may political machinery sila may pera sila and then you have this candidate na tumakbo siya and yung only siguro machinery na meron siya are labor unions I think you know worth supporting as well. So, parang ang ganda lang ng story of having you know this ordinary Filipino um, through and through. Like he he can be he's much nearer to me and you than to other candidates. Parang ganon, or he's much nearer to the like to what a typical Filipino could be. And parang ang ganda lang ng story na okay, these like they can be leaders. Uh, Filipinos like ordinary Filipinos can actually be our leaders for the country. Um, for, from president, from vice president, from senators, for from mayors, like they can be ordinary people too. They can be ordinary Filipinos. So, kaya ang ganda lang ng story. So, I think if if um, if me, you know, there's someone that I want to go to more more people to like to emulate or more to have if, if me to go to desire of having more of that type of candidate, I think it'd be Kalyoti. However, part of me, so ako hindi pa ako decided to be honest. Just because, like, I know winnability is such an important factor. Um, so, a whole part of it is also seeing, like, when we December survey, we February survey, March survey, seeing who yung viable candidate to, you know, beat or to represent the class and political will. Because, you know, to be honest, I'm just not happy with how the country has been run for the past six years. I'm just not happy with how we handled the COVID pandemic. And we've, you know, hindi ako supportive of the drug war. Hindi ako supportive of, you know, I'm, I'm supportive of equality and choice. So parang feeling ko lang, um, I want to look for the candidate that will, you know, have the best opportunity or best chance to sit in that position when I like, cast my vote in May. Uh, it was it was one of the most entertaining blurbs from this election was when Walden Bell uh, said like <laughs> "fuck you, Marcos." Fuck you, Marcos. I, <laughs> I, when, Actually, I, when I saw that, I was like. Ooh, okay, what is he gonna do next? I think I think I think right now naman means plans for debates Well, but you know that that's actually one thing that I'm not so sure is such a good idea, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like um because I, I'm not sure, frankly, how much that you know, like the way that Philippine, the Philipp- the particular Filipino flavor of democracy, the way we've decided to live it out, has been a lot of consensus building. You know, like it's it's very seldom that a president doesn't have like a majority or a super majority in Congress, at least in the lower house, right? Uh, and so I'm not sure if debates are really consistent with the way we perceive democracy to function. Like you saw it with the last one, right? Yeah. When uh, this was six years ago, I still remember it to this day. When Duterte refused to interpolate Miriam Defensor Santiago, and people hailed him for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 I don't know. Like maybe 
there's something about democracy that's inconsistent with the Filipino experience that we don't like discourse, we don't like uh, disagreement, and we'd prefer everyone to get along, right? Which has good and bad implications, especially in the context which we operate. Yeah, go ahead. So, so for me, like, like the case for debates is that it puts out information um, on political candidates. And kasi actually yung ideal scenario natin kasi on election day, we have voters who are fully informed of who the political candidates are. No? So having debates actually allows the people to form a better understanding. Na, okay, if I vote for this person, ito yung direction na pupuntahan na. Ito yung direction na pupuntahan niya. Because um, at least makita ko, if, does it align to my political will or not? So I think yun yung maganda sa debates because it allows people to just see, okay, like aligned ba to sa principles ko? Aligned ba to like, like aligned ba siya sa gusto? Like, ano yung gusto niyang gawin? And gusto ka rin ba talaga yun mangyari? And without debates, you don't actually see that. Like parang, you know, you have this, I guess, fluff, all of the fluff pieces from their own specific campaigns, no? Kasi hindi naman nansikat sa Philippines yung negative campaigning. I think nakita lang natin siya ng 2016, but very, like, one, one campaign lang yung nakita ko na may negative campaigning. So, like, part of it is yung, at least you give the people the opportunity to learn more about the candidates. And actually, like, sa learning ko from, um, like, when I talk to different people who are part of the campaign, they felt like nakatuloy yung debates sa kanilang candidates. So, I think, um, so I'm not sure, like, parang, I think it, they felt like having their candidate do well in a certain debate to yung chances niya of, you know, getting more votes. So if I think candidates want debates and people, it will help people actually. I think it's a good thing for democracy eventually. And I think I think it it also it also shows that at the end of it, I think in a debate, it's really hard to look dumb if you aren't dumb. But if you actually are dumb, it's very readily apparent. Uh-huh. So I start doing a pantomime of uh, one of the <laughs> candidates, and then you're gonna have a stroke. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's <mahirap, mahirap. laughs> Spe- Speaking of strokes, you know, uh, if you wanna, if you wanna really derail the whole Makati Business Club monopoly on like public policy advocacy, Kaliodi uh, would be a really good candidate for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so, like I have, so I have a friend working with. The MBC actually, and I think ano siya, sympathetic of Kalyodi, so I think I'm, I won't be surprised actually. But yung like to be honest, medyo sinek nga ako na feeling ko yung mga business owners natin. I think they donate to everyone. <laughs> I mean, lalo na like to anyone with a chance of winning. I think yung, they donate to everyone. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if yung, like if they actually have a horse to run with. Well, uh, this is this is where uh, one of the things that. Uh, you know, earlier I said I disagreed with you with regard to your statement that the government is the one that provides jobs. Yeah. And it was really just as to the one segment uh, of your, because it, I think we're largely we're in agreement as to policy. Uh, so my family has owned a business for about 40 years. So I think one of the things that is particularly tempting, especially when you're coming from the point of view of public policy, is to lump business together into this one monolith, right? Uh, one of the things that I always like to remind people is that 99% of the businesses that exist in the Philippines are uh, micro, small, medium yeah, enterprises. Yep, yeah, yep. right. And uh, you know, uh, I have just about as much political influence as Kaliode did <laughs> before he ran for uh, for the presidency. He has considerably more than I do now. 
and uh, it, it comes out in our policy making. You know, like uh, there's this there's this one law that I always like to talk about. I, I talked about it just now when I was giving my uh, property law <laughs> lecture. Um, there there is uh, a requirement that's imposed by the Department of Environment and Natural Resources, which essentially requires small businesses to have uh, water treatment facility for because of to, to comply with effluent standards and i'm just thinking to myself like parang the the way that the law is phrased the way that the policy is crafted parang everyone would need it eh? like if you have any wastewater that is somehow toxic or somehow can be corrosive or does not comply with the requirements edi you have to get a water treatment facility and parang ang bigat naman nun, if every julie's bake shop has to have like a water treatment facility <laughs> Yeah, and but anyway, that, that's just the tangent that I like to go on to like make my political stances more you know, self-evident. Go ahead. So, oh, actually, I'm actually to clarify. I think it's big business when I talk about donations. Because yeah, like, they're the most likely. So, the reason why part of it is they're donating is because usually we have big business yung competitors sa bidding when it comes to government contracts. So I think yeah, ngarin sila, you know, kaya sila gusto nila. Lahat horse nila sa race, no? Parang ganun. But actually, you know, gets ko actually, when I when I said government, I'm not saying government yung prime mover. I think may influence lang siya just because of that. You know, if you make it harder for SMEs to actually, you know, just become an SME to exist, I think government has a role to play with that if you have bad policies. So parang nga, lesser SMEs, lesser jobs, parang ganun. Pero, you know, gets ko, it's really business who, you know, hires people yeah. to create jobs. Yeah. It's one of those things, though, that's really hard to reconcile, especially uh, given the relative standing that, you know, I have in my community. Like, I have my workers that come to me, and then they say, in Bisaya, they say, Dato man karam, right? Which is, like, you're wealthy. <laughs> All right? And then I, I tell them, you know, like, I lived in Manila for, like, almost a decade. I've seen wealthy. Like, I am the furthest thing from it. <laughs> right, I am as far away from them as you are from me. Although, tayo work close. relative naman talaga yung wealth, no? So may mga super like, medyo malayo talaga, yeah. Yeah, and but it's actually pretty particularly blatant, no? The way that wealth can be used to generate more wealth in the Philippines. Like my favorite example that nobody likes to bring up was, remember when uh, they said that they would revoke the franchise of Phil Webb? Are you familiar with this? Oh. I- yeah, so uh, essentially what happened was, uh, you know how most gambling, if, if you, you're, you're aware of PD, whatever, the one that prohibits gambling across the Philippines, in order to uh, host any any game of chance and allow people to bid money on it, you have to get a license from PAGCOR. So there's a lot of online game providers that exist in the Philippines that have these franchises. One of the largest is called PhilWeb, right, which is owned by Ongpin. And uh, Duterte says uh, during trading hours for the Philippine Stock Exchange, uh, I will not re- I will not grant Phil or an extension of uh, Phil Webb's uh, license from Pagcor. I will block it. And so, syempre, yung stock price ni Phil Webb bumaba like by a lot. <laughs> Napilit siyang bumenta, right? I mean, I'm saying it right. No, yeah. Tama, 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 tama. <laughs> I get yeah. ko na get ko. Yeah, and well, some uh, another billionaire who I will not name snatches it up. So, parang uh, yeah, I, I I I readily I readily acknowledge that big business is partly to blame because the truly magnificent 
instances of corruption are made possible only because of enterprise. We see the whole family scandal thing that, well, that's True. coming to a head now. Yeah. Mm. Like, so, mm-hmm. go ahead, good. Go, go. So, it's like the bidding process. Like It's supposed to be public, but I'm not sure if like everyone, like like if 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 everyone sees any mga participants sa bidding process of everything, I think people will be frustrated because makita nila ah, para para walang palarin sila. Wait, no, but you know that's the thing that's really um, that's really you know like at some point it falls to the people because mm-hmm. if we don't value these virtues that we write into our laws, uh, it, talaga. like you know like the businessman has just as much of an interest. In making the bidding as dirty and as greasy as possible, because that's how he can fix prices, eh? right? And it, the higher the price, the better it is for him. And then, like the politician wants 10% or 20% of like the sticker price. Yeah, sure, it's easy. <laughs> Basta, yeah. you make sure that my price gets accepted. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, gets because sometimes medyo me like disheartening for people because it's such a like sobra systemic na talaga ng issues natin. And it's become a cycle already. Na parang you know, it, you know, people just scratching the back of other people, and like willing people entering the conversation, willing to scratch the back of other people if you scratch their backs. So parang gets kaya naka disheartened. So like part of it is really you want you know different types of people talaga like entering into those into those spaces. That's the goal at least. Yeah. So um. I've asked you like a lot about uh, wh- like what it is that drives you and uh, how you how you what principles you use to steer the youth. But um, let's talk for a second about you. And this is usually the question that I cap the podcast with. Ask, um, where do you see yourself in five years, given everything you're trying now? Like, what will <laughs> you be doing by then? So actually, like coming out of law school, I have a twenty-year plan. Um, so. <laughs> So 20 year plan ko um uh, na change na in Philippines. <laughs> no parang you have, you know, like different like the ordinary citizens, you know, taking on positions of um like leadership from the government, from business, from um CSOs all over the Philippines from the national sex spectrum hanggang sa local spectrum. So right now actually I'm in year three of the 20-year plan. They all sure actually counted yung last year because of pandemic. Like, in my mind, ayoko siya i-count because, you know, ang daya eh. Di ko naman expect na for two to seven naman yung, you know, a nation, uh, global pandemic, no? So, may authority ako para sa'yo. Don't worry. <laughs> so, parang, siguro five years from now, that's, if three years plus five, that's eight years out of the 20-year plan. Um, I think yung goal ko is by that time, um, possibly have lived in Visayas or Mindanao for a year each. And build na ng, you know, home bases for Hirayan Kabatan in those areas. Because I think the goal for Hirayan Kabatan is, you know, to build pockets of change by building pockets of leaders in those, you know, communities. No? And mm. part of that is, you know, you have to be able to invest in those areas. And ako as a person, outsider ako to, to everywhere outside of like my own community here. So part of me is, I want to go to those areas. I want to learn about the community there. And Karen, si Hirayan Kabatan, actually, we're focusing in areas outside of NCR kasi gusto namin pumunta to, to those areas. Ay, hindi namin sila dinadala dito sa Manila. Kami pumunta doon kasi gusto namin matuto. Gusto namin mag-create ng training program na pasok sa context nila. And part of that is learning about them, learning about their area, na hindi namin mag- hindi fully namin malalearn if nandito ginawa sa Manila yung training. 
So like for me, like eight years from now, gusto ko sana may, you know, may home base na kami sa Visayas, may home base na kami sa Mindanao, and we are able to create training programs for young people. Um, hopefully, we have young people already running for SK, possibly barangay. And siguro if I'm gonna be, you know, optimistic, have like a mayor na graduate ng Hirayang Kabataan. Wait, if I could just if I could just squeeze one thing in, because part of the calculus that I think I neglected was, whenever people are service oriented, they generally tend towards government. Like when when you were telling me your story, your motivations, and the principles that guided you, I was thinking about a common friend of ours, see si Joan de la Cruz, who went Ooh, to the yes. DILG, yes, right? Yeah. And that that's such an amazing, colorful story, which is subject of another episode on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> of course, to John, guys. Listen to that episode. Grab <laughs> the experience of John. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so why did you choose... Uh, she chose the government service. You chose NGOs. What split the difference for you? Um, like, to be honest, like, going into government, I think I'm scared with government, and this is what I hear from my friends in government, is that if you're in the government system, it's easy to get out not only of corruption, But just there are like a lot of people in government who like not are not as passionate as you. Medyo wala silang as much. Medyo like they just go through the process. No, they just go through the day to day. I just have to finish this. Parang ganon. So in takot ka naman if I enter government by myself as one person, madali ako malunod. Whereas if you know I go the NGO route, I you know create pockets of leaders all over the Philippines. Maybe one day, instead na ako yung malunod within government, baka pwede kami, sabay-sabay kami pumasok into government, and then kami yung mag-change ng system. Kami yung mag-wash out ng um, culture na hindi natin gusto, tayo mag-wash out ng corruption na hindi natin gusto. But, you know, it takes a wave of people. Eh. One person won't be enough to do it. Ikaw yung malunod if mag-isa ka. At yung thinking ko. So, yung isip ko, instead na ako malunod, tayo na lang malunod. The joke lang. Pero, you know, <laughs> wave of change, wave of change yung naisip ko talaga. Okay. Okay. And uh, with that, I think that's a good that's a good place to cap the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on my podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me, Rami. And uh, I miss ka ka usap actually. <laughs> It's been such okay. a long time. 